Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. We are back another week, another episode of On the Green. Michael Calamari, Andrew Galata, and Will Talent filling in for Chris Hennessy. I think this is the first week without Chris. Is that is that it right, is. Andrew? And it has to be the week that his that our fade won the tournament. So I, know. I don't know if he's ducking us a little bit. See, and that was leaving th- me out to dry. That was the thing we were texting about. And he was like, "You don't have to do an episode this week." And I was like, "You know what? After everyone picks Spieth as their fader, who who was it again? It was you and me, Sam, and Chris." Yeah. So I, when three out of the four picked Spieth as their fade, luckily I did it. Uh, you got to come out and talk about it before we get to that. Um, Andrew, good to hear uh, you're doing well. Will, how you doing back on the podcast? I'm doing great. Second time on on the green. It was a lot of fun the first time, me and Andrew and Chris. And I'm glad to be working with you now, Mike. It's, it should be a lot of fun. Lots to talk about. Lots of great golf that we have seen so far this year and lots more still to come. Yeah, I, I know. We don't do enough of golf talk just on every other show at WV, whether that's 101 Nightly, the Saturday 101. So it's good that we have this outlet to talk about it and you know let's just get right into it RBC Heritage this past weekend Jordan Spieth the winner in a playoff with uh, Patrick Cantley and probably one of the most exciting tournaments we've had yeah. all season I mean I, I took this stat down nine players outside of the uh, Spieth and Cantley who had the playoff finished two shots or less of the lead seven of those nine were a shot back of the lead and it was almost like at a certain point it felt like anyone could win it Spieth is the clubhouse leader he ends up you know getting lucky, getting a chance to go to the playoff. Probably the luckiest win we've had all year. Um, Did not do well at all on the green. Did not putt well this past weekend, but enough to get him the win. Yeah, so two things I want to bring up first is that um, by strokes calculation, so it's true strokes calculation, so it just basically projects out of how many, you know, the swings you've had and kind of the types of outcomes. Only players with five, uh, only five percent chance to win with players with those same swings as speed. So as you said, lucky. That's kind of a way to put it. Only five percent chance to win, but he's able to get it done. Uh, you know, in a really nice effort off the tees. He said he's been driving the ball really well, hitting it with the irons well. Putting wasn't there, but you know when you're hitting it well, really one of his best in his career, or since that at least really hot stretch that he had, he's hitting the ball off the tee really well, hitting the irons really well as well and right now you look at everyone else everyone was so so close I mean Easter Sunday I was just sitting on my couch watching Mm -hmm. the end of this this tournament it was after the Mets game finished the Mets turned the RBC on got to see the last about 10 holes and it was very very exciting to see the end in the playoff 13th career PGA Tour win for Spieth just shows how good that he has been since being on the tour and um you said putting was a problem there Mike and 
Spieth kind of alluded to that. He said every single putt looks like it's going in, and it was more nerve-wracking than actually playing. It just goes to prove your point, Mike. It definitely wasn't easy for Jordan, but it was it was a good tournament for him to bounce back after, you know, you guys were talking about you all picked him for yeah. to be the fade, and he just comes out of nowhere and just... He looked awful in the Masters. He yeah. did. And he was he, did. he was trending down, I thought, yeah. over the years, so he had no momentum heading into this, which makes, makes it all the more surprising he's able to get the win. And, you know, we were talking about how he was the clubhouse leader, how the analytics were against him, the probability of him not winning. I saw this stat where it was that when he was on his 18th tee of his round, he had a .8% chance <laughs> of winning. And wow. some, I mean, that's golf for you that he's able to come away with the win after he says, I won the tournament without a putter. It, that's just some, I feel like a lot of times it's gone in the other direction of Spieth where yeah. he's been the guy that, you know, maybe was playing really good golf, but he gets unlucky in the end. This time the luck is in his favor. And we talked about it on the last show where it was like, what can Spieth do to get back into that major contention again? And I said that he needed to win something soon to get him back in that and. Now he does it. He wins the RBC Heritage, and you know, like, like none of us thought it was possible. We all picked him to be that fate. It, it, it's kind of funny. First of all, it's the second time in a row he's won on Easter Sunday. So, and next year the Masters is on Easter Sunday. Just going to so, bring that uh, up, Andrew. Yeah, you know, we'll have to see next year. Fast forward a year, we'll see where Jordan Spieth is. But he's just—it was just an interesting last five, six holes because it was Lowry, Cantley, and Varner, and they had good chances for birdie makeable putts and Lowry left like two short Varner missed a few and then Cantley on 18 had a very makeable birdie for the win and he just missed it and you know Spieth obviously will take it and he gets into the playoff and he you know just does really well out of the bunker almost holds it out so you know props to him he obviously was great all weekend besides the putter but for him to fight through that and get the win without the putter I think shows just how talented of a golfer he is and maybe he is getting that hot stretch at the right time obviously you're gonna have the pga for him it'd be a career grand slam if he wins the pga uh uh championship and then he's won i believe at st andrews so he'll be going back there at the old course uh st andrews so maybe he wins that too you know could win that too so definitely something you know for him that's good to watch he wins as mike says wins that you know coveted first event of the year now it's you know for him try to get better, get into uh, major contention here. Definitely a very talented golfer. It's nothing short of that. We all know how good Jordan Spieth is. But sometimes in sports, you know, you need you need that luck. And maybe this is the luck that Spieth is going to get. He's He plays very well on Easter Sunday. We all know he won the Valero last year on Easter. Uh, he, won, he won this year. He won RBC on Easter. And you said it, Andrew, Masters final round. It's going to be on Easter next year. So you never know. Jordan Spieth, this could be the turnaround for him. And talk about the turnaround, something else I – Pulled. He's the first time he's top 10 world golf ranking since October of 2018. Wow. Mm. So that is a while. He In July of 2021, he was 23rd in the world. And that was for the first time since March 2019. But now he makes even more history. He's 10th in the world, first time since October 2018. So I think he's going to be a guy everyone's going to be watching. Someone that whenever the majors roll around, you always had an eye on. But now that he has a victory in his pocket for the year, he's even more that guy now. Uh, I do want to move a little bit, shift gears to the rest of the players in the RBC Heritage. One guy that I, you know, kind of looked at that you pained me to see him lose was Shane Lowry. Yeah, and it's tough that Sam's not on the podcast <laughs> yeah. this week, but uh, uh, he loves talking about Shane Lowry because he's overstudying Broaden Island. But Lowry, three finishes inside the top three this year. He only has two career PGA Tour wins, so you feel like 
it's not that he, he's not that kind of golfer that he's always going to be ranking this highly at events. He's playing some great golf. He just can't close it out. He double bogeyed the par 3 14th after finding yeah. the water on a chip. He was winning before that, right? Yeah, so yeah. that that's what killed him. He went into Sunday with a one-shot back, uh, one um, back of the lead, and he ends up shooting a two-under on Sunday. So he didn't play awful golf, but you look back at that 14th hole, he doesn't w- double bogey that. It's a whole different day for him, and he potentially comes away with the win. It was so many guys were in contention. I was happy my uh, sleeper was in contention, Matt Kuchar. He ended up finishing tied mm-hmm. for he third. He won it last year, correct? Yeah. yeah. No. Matt I think Kuch- I thought Webb Simpson won. Maybe that was 2020. You have to look that up. I don't know, but he's played well, I think. He made 17 straight. I remember from last week the fact that he made 17 straight cuts at uh, at RBC. So that he was like kind of my guy, and he, you know, good for him. Didn't play at the Masters. Played really well at Valero. So... Happy to see him there. He just obviously couldn't finish the deal. And there were a few people. Sepp Strecka was another guy. He bogeyed 18 to drop out of the tie for the lead. So he went from thir- minus 13 to minus 12. I mean, there were literally like six golfers that were right there. And no one could catch Jordan Spieth at the end. It was it was honestly just crazy to see. It was like Spieth was dodging bullets, and he was able to dodge every single one from the clubhouse. And I do want to make one one correction. Stuart Sink did actually yeah, win Sink. last yeah, year. So, but uh, Kuchar came in top twenty. Uh, one guy, one other guy, I want to point out that I really thought did an amazing job. Uh, Fordham Prep Zone Cameron Young. Yeah, he <laughs> dominated Thursday. I think he was a, he was the leader, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. he had like a seven under round. So he was absolutely fantastic out of the gates. He kind of slowed up on Friday, Saturday, but. He still finished tied for third. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, yeah. So he, he's playing Big some really good golf. Him. Yeah, huge payday for him. Did not play well at the Masters, but, you know, he's still someone who's up and coming. He's doing very well, and I think that was really good about the RBC Heritage. There were so many guys in the fold that it felt like a, anyone could really win it, and there's some names that are going to be some good golfers down the line that played really well this past weekend. Yeah, Cameron Young, it's a good name to bring up, obviously. Shout out Fordham Prep. That's always awesome. But I really like... Uh, the Shane Lowry, Mike. That was uh, Shane Lowry's a guy that I've had my eyes on because he's always he's always in the top for something, and he could just he never he never closes it out. He was there in the Masters. He was up up in the leaderboard until the very end, and then same with RBC. Once again, up in the leaderboard until the very end. I think we're gonna get towards the end of this season. We're gonna see Shane Lowry come come through eventually, and hopefully win. A big, a big title with a, a sizable purse. And I think the, it just shows how tough it is to win on the PGA Tour when you yeah. see the leaderboard from the RBC Heritage. You think back to last year, I think it was Tony Finau, who was like a walking runner-up. Yeah, Sam and Pink Tony Finau. Yeah, so I think it was two years ago. It was two years ago? Yeah, yeah he so, finished like second in every... Yeah, so it, it, that's just the story of golf sometimes. I think Justin Thomas has been, you know, a victim of that this year. A lot of top 10 finishes, unable to really get that win, so... It's nice to see a tournament where it's very competitive, probably the most competitive we've really had all year, and uh, it really bodes well for the rest of the season in the PGA Tour. But I want to shift gears now, talk outside the PGA Tour, something that we were talking about uh, before the show, and it had to do with the, uh, the Saudi tournament that is going to be happening in England this summer, I believe. And the first, the, Yeah, so the first golfer from the PGA Tour has decided – to commit or at least try to find a release from the PGA Tour in order to play Robert Garrigus, I believe is yeah. how you say it. Uh, he's not uh, one of the top golfers in the world. He spent some time uh, on the Corn Ferry just a year ago, but he does have a PGA Tour win. Um, and I, I think this is going to be maybe the first guy out of maybe a list of guys to start committing themselves to the tournament. But the fact that it went from so many, the, I mean, when the 
Saudi uh, tournament came out, the whole idea was that they were going to have the best players in the world. <laughs> and now, with a lot of them committing to the PGA Tour, it seems like it's going to be a much lower level field. A much The competition will be much lower than it is at the PGA Tour, and it's going to be interesting to see if it ever actually gets off the ground. It's going to be very interesting. Then there was the whole thing last week. I think the Telegraph reported it where they said like Bubba Watson may join mm-hmm. it, but then that was kind of like pushed back after Bubba, like he... He uh, publicly put out his uh, tour schedule for the week uh, for the rest of the summer, I think, and he didn't have anything with the uh, Live Golf or Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, other Englishmen, Ryder Cup guys that a lot of people know from. They were uh, kind of sourced that they maybe join the Live Golf uh, tour. Kevin Na, another guy who's won on the tour five times, but still nothing uh, kind of said from that. And, and the quote from uh, you know the Greg Norman, the CEO commissioner of uh, the live golf you know controversial league as you call it. he said we respected the masters and let it go off but now our journey is finally coming to fruition for the players not for me so that's what he thinks but uh so there wasn't really anything until the masters this report like dropped a day or two after the masters so it's kind of interesting to kind of you know i wonder what that happened but then it was kind of distinguished after bubba watson was like ah, i don't think this is true so it's kind of interesting all this kind of news swirling around uh, live golf yeah. yeah. Oh, you can uh, you can go in second one, but I think it was interesting how Bo Watson put out what his tournaments he expects yeah. to play right, like when that uh, news started to break, where he wanted to reaffirm his commitment to the PGA Tour, and uh, I guess Will, you could take this or whatever your thoughts are on the Saudi tournament, but I think it's just going to be interesting to see is this going to be the first guy, and then guys will now follow, or is it still just going to have trouble, you know, picking up any pace? See, I think it's you're going to need a much more higher profile <laughs> profile name to do this. No knock on. Robert at all, but um, you're going to need like a Phil Mickelson or somebody to really get a lot of guys to bounce from the tour. But per Golf Week, Live Golf is trying to gain traction by staging individual tournaments, four of which are scheduled in the U.S., the first being July 1st through the 3rd at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland, Oregon. I, You know, guys, I kind of like this. The PGA is the PGA. I mean, that is... That that's the best of the best in terms of golf, but I, I like this competition and that you know you respect the Masters because the Masters is the Masters. Like that is probably the biggest golf tournament in the entire year. But I, I kind of like this. I want to see what these other these other um, corporations and committees have in store for the game of golf. Maybe to grow the game of golf because there's a lot of golfers everywhere that want to have a shot and maybe bringing some experienced PG. PGA guys over could shift the way that we see golf. And I think it does create some drama around the game as well, obviously, Absolutely. with Phil Mickelson, and it could draw more eyes to it. It's just going to be really interesting to see how the two coincide, the PGA Tour um, and the Saudi tournament, because I think before the PGA Tour said, if you go play, you're banned. You're or, banned. You're done. Yeah, yeah, so I think they're taking a very hard stance against it to try to eliminate the competition. So... It's going to be interesting on our end to see how it plays out, to see if these tournaments actually end up getting off the ground, and to see where some of these big names end up choosing. Obviously, as of now, committing to the PGA Tour, but some still time before the first tournaments kick off. And I think that's going to do it for our talk uh, outside of the PGA Tour. I want to bring it back because... Oh, one more thing, Mike. Oh, you do? Oh, Will. One, well, it, it kind of segues into what we're about to get into, but Garrigus is playing in the Zurich with Tommy <laughs> Ganey. 
So okay, it's, it's, oh, yes. it's kind of a weird thing, though, guys, because yeah. you, know, you want to peel off of the PGA, but yet you're still going to play in this tournament yeah. next week. That's a really good point. It, I remember seeing that. Thing, the whole thing with Live Golf was supposed to be a complimentary. Just people don't like it because it's you know the whole Saudi-backed and the human rights violations, that stuff. I think if this was like the Canadian Golf League, I think yeah. it would be a lot different. Yeah. But the PGA Tour is like, no, you, you can't be a supplementary tour. You, you know, you're either going to be with them or be with us. and. I mean, we'll see who kind of goes after the money or not. I mean, maybe it'll be like these smaller golfers, which I think would be interesting. Would they take down the purse if it's like all these no-namers that no one knows about? It'll be kind of interesting to see, I guess, once it hits. But uh, Norman said that there will be a handful of names that will commit in the next few weeks. So I guess we'll just have to see if he's uh, you know, putting his money where his mouth is he's or he's just lying. You know, I guess we're going to have to see. Yeah, so it's really entertaining. It's, it's exciting to see. And uh, until we get more news on that, we're going to stick to following the PGA tournament. We talked about the guy who we were just talking about, Robert Gregorius, is playing in the upcoming tournament, the Zurich Classic, which is a very interesting tournament, similar to match play, but also at the same time, it's kind of its own thing. It's teams of two, and uh, we were talking about it before, uh, the Thursday and the Saturday rounds are best ball, correct? And then yeah. Friday and Sunday is alternate shot, so if you don't know those best balls, essentially... Both got both so teammates shoot, shoot the, the whatever best the best shot. ball is. That's what you play. And yeah. then alternate shot is one guy hits it off the tee, and then the next guy will take the shot in the fairway, and you keep on alternating. So um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna make for some entertaining golf. I think what we saw from the RBC Heritage in the week before in the Masters. I think there's some momentum building around the tournaments, and it's it's gonna be interesting to see. And, and some of these pairings are also really interesting, Andrew. Yeah, yeah for sure. It definitely will be a. Fun weekend down in New Orleans for me as a New Orleans Saints fan. I kind of always hear about the Zurich Classic because, like, all the players mm-hmm. usually go. Sean Payton's usually there. So I always kind of hear about it, but now to actually kind of look into it, really, you know, follow it closely, definitely will be fun. Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, uh, Aussies won it last year. We'll see if they repeat or if it's a, you know, a new uh, pairing. But definitely should be fun because this is the only event on tour where you have, you know, two sums, not like a match play or four sums or just, you know, the normal you know, regular play. Yeah, exactly, Andrew. I really like the pairing here. It makes it so much more fun. It's, golf is such an individual sport, but when you have these duos, you just look at the names, and we'll get into it when we talk about our picks. You look at the names, though, and it's just like, wow, this guy's going to play with this guy. This is this is so great because this guy, he could drive well, but, you know, his, his mid-game in, yeah. in the fairway could be a little different, but now he's got a partner whose tee box game may be not as good, but his iron game may be stronger, so it just it makes it's like Max so Homa and Taylor Gooch, like they're like the, yeah. the pairing. It just makes for so many different possibilities and so much excitement for golf fans everywhere. Yeah, I'm fired it, up. there's really interesting because I think people have like played against each other are now like in yeah. the playing Ryder with Cup each or whatever other. are now playing with each other. Yeah. I think Morikawa and Hovland are an yeah. example of so that. They're good friends though, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, I think they're both uh, tailor made. If I'm yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's going to be um really interesting to see. I want to get started. With our picks, our sleepers, and our fades, um, I'll start off with the picks. I've got uh, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. I'm pretty sure they're the favorite, if not there, um, in the top five um, in the odds. Uh, the two pairing played last year. They finished tied for 11th. Patrick Cantley is playing, you know, playing some of the best golf. Five top tens and just nine outings so far this season. He's coming off of the playoff loss versus Jordan Spieth in the RBC Heritage, but... I'll take the momentum Canley's building up. Shawfly a little disappointing at the Masters. He's usually someone who does very well there, but these two have played with each other before. I like that. And also a gut feeling. So that those two will be my winner. 
I'm not messing this up going Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer. Uh, Scheffler's yeah. just so hot. I mean, Scotty's playing so great right now. And Ryan Palmer, like all of these great golfers want to play with him. So in this tournament, he's played with Jordan Spieth in 2017 when Jordan Spieth was just lighting everything up. And then the last few years, he's played with John Rahm, who's been world number one or, you know, top five really through that whole range. And, you know, it's paid off for those golfers two or three top 10 finishes in there and a top a four finish, I believe in there. So you have Scotty Scheffler and Ryan Palmer, who I feel like is everyone's best teammate. I don't know why kind of this, you know, more random type golfer going with the best in the world, but I am liking those two and Scotty Scheffler right now. He's been so, so good. You can't pick against him. I'm sticking with you, Andrew. I'm picking Scheffler and Palmer. You pretty much said everything I was going to say. The fact that all these great golfers, not just good golfers, great golfers want to play with Palmer says a lot about him and his game. <laughs> and you you said it too, Andrew. Scheffler, he's hot right now. Uh, he won the biggest tournament that you could stretch. win. And, you know, he's he's... He's riding the hot hand. He's he's gonna play well, and this is just a great duo. I'm excited to see what they have. But give me Scheffler and Palmer for the Zurich. So if like Scheffler wins this, how much does that add to that? How good of a golfer he is? Because he's gonna be in a pairing. But if he Damn. comes away with the win, it's still like this guy's that good right now, right? You know what's crazy is that he still hasn't led the odds. Like in none of the tournaments he's I, won. He's, he's I think John be- Rum is the favorite for the Open, right? I believe yeah, he is. It's yeah, wrong. it's not. It's, it's not Scheffler. So I think Which that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. But yeah, it just adds to that that stretch. I mean, what was it? It was how many wins is he? It was six, four, and six. Was it four and six? So four wins and six starts, and I think Cameron five, Smith yeah. is like one of the other like he's the other wins. Was, yeah, so, um, that's insane. It's crazy. Uh, against the number one ranked player either. I mean, yeah, fresh so, off a Masters victory, it, Ryan Palmer. Just, you wouldn't expect to be, but like. Everyone He's good, though. I hope, I hope Ryan Palmer puts Scotty Scheffler on his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, time to shift gears a little bit. Uh, let's go with our sleepers. So I got my sleeper. I'm not sure. Like, it's an interesting because you're dealing with two guys. It's kind of hard to gauge sleeper and yeah, phase. Yeah, exactly. That's what my. Um, but I'm going Zalatoris and Riley. Um, Zalatoris is, um, he's been tied for six. They're better in four of seven starts. Uh, first in shots gained, T to the green. And Riley, his um, his partner, 23rd in bird area average this year, both playing pretty good golf. Um, I like how they could p- uh, match each other in this tournament. Uh, so that's my sleeper. It's kind of weird because, like, sleeper is so hard to judge because what is – obviously it's a much smaller field because it's teams. Yes. So, like, I kind of had two – like, one of my, like, not so out there would be Fleetwood and Garcia. Those are kind of two of the guys that I think they're both playing well. They match each other really well. So it's those two. But kind of my main one that – I think could come true is Bo Hostler and Syeth Thigala. So these guys, long shot, both really young, but they get hot at the right time. Hostler just finished fourth at Valero a few weeks ago, uh, and Thigala, five top 25 finishes uh, this season. So those are two guys that really young guys. They're both young. They've kind of grown up together. And these, I was looking through the power rankings. They were on the honorable mentions list, which I thought was really weird. You look at their odds is plus 9,000. So... Wow. I think they can make the cut, make some noise. So that's kind of so my. So that's out that's there. your. It, it, you, which one are we going on the graphic? That's my question. I'll, I'll put this one on the graphic. Okay, because right. if it wins, it looks great. Yes, that's. <laughs> if, I mean, if it's top ten, it probably looks amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna go with a more cautious sleeper. I'm gonna go Hovland and Morikawa, uh, per golf bet. Mark uh, Morikawa and Hovland, they're both top five players with a ton of win equity on their own in individual events, which means their top five equity, if you will, is even greater. I just I, I see that, and I you see two top five guys pairing up. I was thinking about putting them as my pick, but 
we we, yeah. we said before, Scotty's just way too hot right now, and Palmer, an, another excellent golfer with a bunch of guys that would just just want to play with him because he's that good. So I'm gonna stick with Hovland and Morikawa as sleepers for sure, but it's definitely a great pairing. I'm excited to see what they can do. Okay, so this is uh, this is where it gets tough, I think, because it's a pairing, and you're trying to pick a fade. It's tough to you know when you pick one guy for a fade. I think it's easy because that guy can do bad, but yeah. you got to pick two guys now to not do so uh, do too well. Um, so I'll go in my fate to start. Mine's Tommy Fleetwood and Sergio Garcia. Okay, yeah. uh, Fleetwood's playing some really go- uh, really good golf, but Sergio Garcia, um, he's got one top ten this year, top for seventh at um, Worldwide Technology Championship. Um, I'm just there's something about this pairing. I don't see. I think Sergio Garcia is now one of the best players. I think Tommy Fleetwood's playing playing really good golf, but you got to pick someone not to do well out of those top players. It's tough because you're picking two players, but um, this is where I'm going to go with uh, my fade. So my fade is going to be Harold Varner and Bubba Watson, and I was like, oh, you wouldn't think these guys would be fades. They're plus twenty five hundred to win this, which I thought was so. They're like inside the top eight like which is crazy because Watson's like a 70th ranked player and Varner's like 36 so you just you know you kind of do a little average you're like oh they're probably not going to do so good and Varner he had a great finish last week third in RBC but he's kind of been up and down when he has that great start was like six at the players but then was 60th at the Valspar so he's kind of the up and down player so I don't think he's going to do too good this week and Bubba Watson this year just hasn't been good no top 10 finishes missed the cut a few times 40th at the Masters I think so that's my fade. Yeah, my fate's going to be Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman. Oh. Defending champs, I know that's it's shocking to me. I'm going to I'm going to go with them. I, I just don't I don't see it happening. I don't see them making that back-to-back title contention. Leishman, he hasn't finished better than 30th in his last four starts. I know yeah. Cameron Smith, he's been one of the better golfers out there. Yeah, I just missed year. the cut last week though. He did miss but the my cut. Thing he won is players, the, but my my thing is this with the putting of Cameron Smith that's doesn't that I'm make saying. him just a dynamite player in uh, oh it sure in this does type of it sure event does where he doesn't need to he can let the other guy uh, that's what makes it tough though you got to pick oh, against super two tough. players it's super tough um, but that yeah I think that that's a that's an interesting pick and um, before we wrap up the show I, I mean, we can go around one more time and just highlight some of these pairings that might be fun to watch I think one of them is Victor Hovland Colin Marikawa yeah like. That, both guys, to me, like that's not so. Like, I know they're best friends, but both great off the tees and everything. But they both can't putt. So, yeah, like, so like that—that's where. <laughs> yeah, like, and I do like a like a Cameron Smith. I feel like he can pair with anyone well because of the putting. But and that, he's playing really well right now. Yes. Too. Um. So that's that's one of the really interesting groups. Um. Sam Burns, Billy Horschel. It's another one that I think could uh, be one of the better groupings. Um. Sure. We Keegan mentioned Scheffler already. Um. Taylor Gooch, Max Homa. Those are a couple of the groups that I'm looking at. I don't know, Andrew, if you've got any that you're you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, kind of like those those types. I mean, I think Gooch and Homer are two guys that I I also like watching them. So I think it's fun that they kind of you know pair well. So I I think it's because you get that dynamic where it's either alternate shot or best ball. So you can kind of have you know you kind of split it up the way you want it. And I think those two, I think they finished like 17th last year, but I think they're pretty high on the odds, the leaderboard odds. So. Uh, there too that I'll definitely be watching closely. I also just like watching them, so uh, you know, definitely a lot of fun, you know, with those two guys. Yeah, got a, a pair that I'd, I'd keep an eye on: Keegan Bradley and Brent, uh, Brendan Steele. Yeah. Got the sixth and the twenty seventh ranked golfers in the world. Should be a fun duo to keep an eye on as well. Don't they don't make obviously they didn't make any of my picks here, but <laughs> definitely definitely a duo to to watch out for. Yeah, so it's gonna be really uh, 
interesting weekend of golf as it usually always is. Kind of, uh, we don't have any of the big name tournaments yet, but the Zurich Classic going to be fun to watch. It's a good field, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good, very field, good field, and you get two golfers playing two golfers. I think that's uh, that's what makes it fun. So um, yeah, so uh, at at the end of the day, that this is on the green. It's so much fun. You guys could join us, talk a little golf, PGA Tour, all things. Uh, that have to do with golf, and uh, we'll be back again next next week with a uh, recap of the Zurich Classic, and then look forward at the Mexico Championship, I believe. So, yeah. uh, have a great uh, a great afternoon, everyone. Thanks for listening. On the Green is a production of WFUV Sports.